Hello lovelies, thanks for joining again. Um, back to why did I write that? This is this Diary 7 episode 6. Um, we're in Milan right now. Uh, in the last episode, uh, Tripped on Mushrooms in Prague wrote a very cringeworthy account of all of my thoughts and assumptions and you know sweeping statements about the downfalls of human nature and all sorts of nonsense like that um for the first time on this trip get absolutely convinced that mk has left uh, and that you know i'm gonna be making my way through europe on my own after this um which sort of ends in a what i would now identify as gaslighting conversation um yeah so we're back uh still in milan it's now sunday september 20th 2009. i awoke this morning before mk got dressed and went to the computers to check about trains to the small city outside of milan that the girl on the plane had suggested we visit i couldn't figure out a schedule or cost for the train since the website is totally useless it did help me recall the name of the town though bergamo I returned to the room to find MK awake, and we finished our leftover pizza. We decided to just walk from there. We found a grocery store on our way there, bought some apples, crackers, brie, grapefruit juice, and a box of red wine. For 89 euro cents, I'm totally moving to Italy. <laughs> Cheap wine? Sign me up. Once at the train station, we found that the train goes to Bergamo every two hours, and we had just missed one by about 10 minutes. So we bought return tickets and had a little picnic of cheese and crackers in the train station while we waited. The train, the train came at 1.10 and was about an hour. Arriving in Bergamo, we soon found that we were right in the middle of siesta and none of the shops were open. Most reopened at 3.30 or 4. We saw a few spots to rent bikes, so we waited for one of these to open, while enjoying half of our box of wine on a bench, and then went in to inquire. Turns out they needed days advance to do a credit check or something, so we were not able to rent bikes bikes. The girl on the plane had mentioned that the older city of Bergamo as Upper, and we saw this on a map. We headed in that direction, and while MK popped into a shop to use the facilities, I saw what looked like a tour bus type thing that was heading regularly up the hill to Old Bergamo. When MK returned from the bathroom, I mentioned it, and he was keen, so we got in line for the funicular, aka cable car, while I lined up to get tickets. Oh, he got in line while I went to get tickets. Our two tickets cost only two euro ten, which we were pretty stoked about. Turns out the cheapness of the ticket was deserved, it was, as it was not a tour, but merely a shuttle from Cita Bassa, lower city, to Cita Alta, upper city. Oh well. Getting off the funicular, we soon were, stuck, were struck speechless by the ancient roads and buildings. We found a stout wall that overlooked much of the city. From this view of old tiled roofs, bricked chimneys, and bell towers, we finished the box of wine. Our wanderings brought us to an unbelievably old and beautiful church that absolutely took our words away. We circled it, and once arriving at its face, we found the entrance. Discovering that it was free to enter, we did so, and were even more astounded. The detail and precision high above our heads in, sketch in stretching murals and carvings depicted angels, saints, and biblical scenes, or depicting angels, saints, and biblical scenes, was enough to, conf to conform any non-believer. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know about this writing. Like, I was never religious or, like, 
you know, a believer of any sort of, but who knows? Or at least leave them awestruck at the beauty and power exuding from this one building. Absolutely no words came to either of us that could express how the sight affected us. We were entirely struck with awe. Exiting the church put us face to face with the market square, and I felt solidarity with Jesus <laughs> when he overturned the merchants' tables who were selling in the church. They had no place there, and were ruining what was otherwise so entirely pure, beautiful, and untarnished. We wanted to get to the highest points. We found a road curving upwards and followed it. We followed it for probably an hour or so, and at last came across a castle. The castle, we were pleased to discover, was also free and open to the public. We climbed the stone-hewn stairs with admiration, emerging to see the most incredible 360-degrees view of northern Italy one could ever hope for. We overlooked all of Bergamo, and I'm sure many other towns as well. One side was framed with ancient mountains, the tallest of which bore a cross on its summit. Despite my very limited experience of the world, I would venture to say that this is one of the most beautiful spots in it. Without a doubt, the most beautiful I've seen yet. The phrase of the day was no big deal. Oh, I live in a, vi a vineyard overlooking most of Italy. No big deal. Oh, the castle? It's just in my backyard. No big deal. Yeah, my home is older than your country. No big deal. Obviously, it was a very big deal. <laughs> the day I become a millionaire, I'm moving to Upper Bergamo. No two ways about it. Yeah, still, still waiting on that. It's uh, still, still the dream, I guess. We descended the mountain and were lucky enough to find another funicular that traversed the steepest spot, bringing us back to Tourism Central. We were about to buy tickets for for it. Yeah, for what? Tourism Central. I, mean, I don't know. We were about to buy tickets for it when the kind couple informed us that the tickets we already had were as good for the whole day today. After reading the history of funiculars, I'm willing to wager it's because today was the 122nd anniversary of the thing. So we got to ride it again for free. Woot! We'd already decided to eat dinner in Upper Bergamo, so we found a nice restaurant and ate there. I ordered a penne with pesto, MK a spaghetti with tomato, basil, and oregano. We also ordered a liter of wine and bruschetta margarita. <laughs> Tomatoes, garlic, oregano, basil, mozzarella, deliciousness. The portions were quite small, but turned out to be perfect, since we, or at least I, were still a bit full from the giant gelatos we had earlier. After dinner, we were both pooped. MK hadn't slept well, and I had woken with eyes still swollen from crying. Hideous, my eyelids were at least twice as thick as they usually are, and the sacks beneath my eyes were retaining something as they were swollen and purple. So we opted to find the funicular back down to Citibasa, Citibasa and head back to the train station. We went the wrong way on one street, so we skipped the funicular and just walked down, which was scenic and not at all a disappointment. On our way to the town station, we were interrupted, we were intercepted by a religious procession with altar boys leading with candles and the crucifix, a large congregation of people singing and responding, and a gang of what looked like cardinals. <laughs> That's definitely, a, you know, there's like a murder of crows, a parliament of owls, and a gang of cardinals. <laughs> with the white robes and red shoulder shawls, and then a few higher-ups, who I think was maybe a bishop, fairly tall hat, red robe, curly stick. Closing the parade was a giant portrait of Jesus that was mounted on a stand requiring four people to carry it. I witnessed the switchover from bearers and saw two of the old men who took it up refuse assistance from younger guys who offered to help bear the load. Again, beautiful, unexpected, mind-blowing. Making it to the train station, I was on a mission to to the bathroom after all that wine and juice. I found the bathroom, but it was locked. 
Meeting MK on the platform, he informed me that the train that sat there was more than likely the one we needed to be on. I ran inside and used the bathroom, ignoring the fact that there was no toilet paper and the sign and the sign that said informed me it was forbidden to use the bathroom while the train was in the station. Ah, uh, the relief. <laughs> Thanks for that detail, Kaya. Turns out it was our train, so we sat down. MK fell asleep and I filled in more of this journal. The train stopped at the station in Milan that was one stop before the central station. The conductor came and informed us that there was some malfunction with the engineering, so we could wait until they figured it out, or we could get off and take the subway. We decided to get off because it was already pretty late and we were beat, and we just wanted to get to bed. Instead of taking the public transit, we decided to walk. It wasn't too bad of a walk. Maybe 40 minutes. We fell asleep as soon as we got back to the room. Also, we took our first malaria pill, and I gagged mine first. <laughs> This is still, we're planning on heading somewhere in Southeast Asia shortly, and you have to start taking the pills like a week or two weeks in advance, I think. They were huge. This is, I don't, yeah, that's why I gagged on them. They're gigantic pills. September 21st. I woke up about an hour before the alarm, itchy. I had had a few bites yesterday, but nothing compared to what I woke up with this morning. At first count, I found 15 bites on one hand, and as the day progressed, I found more and more covering my feet, legs, shoulders, arms, hands, and face. Ugh, I feel like a leper, and I look like I have chicken pox. Oh god, that's awful. I, I mean, I do, I do react very violently to bug bites. Like, I get swollen, I get super duper itchy, and they're red, and they're raised, and bugs seemed to be attracted to me, but this experience was awful. It was like head to toe, itchy, 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 just terrible. MK has a few as well, but I guess I just react worse or something. And there you go. Because mine, mine are all swollen and red and some of them are turning into blisters. Oh, I don't know if it was bugs yesterday from walking around at dusk or if it was bed bugs. I have a feeling it's bed bugs because I don't recall being bitten any by anything yesterday. I'm having a hell of a time trying not to scratch. We had to check out of the hostel at 10.30, but then had several hours to wait before it made sense to get the shuttle to the airport for our flight to Rome at 8.55. We wandered some more and found ourselves back at the Duomo church. We realized that we could get inside and did so. Despite the signs, there were many people taking pictures inside, which miffed both of us. There were beautiful sights, carvings, tapestries, altars, statues, paintings, stained glass windows, confessionals, votives but it was all thrown off by tourists flashing their cameras irreverently. MK pointed out that he had only seen two people praying, and even these people then pulled out their cameras. We found a passageway leading downstairs, and for one euro saw the church treasury, filled with crowns, rings, ivory and gold carvings, goblets, and an assortment of historical items that had been donated to the church by various popes, saints, and other church officials. <laughs> Definitely a, a saint is not... I wouldn't typically describe a saint as a church official, but that's okay. In an adjoining room, we found the burial place of Saint someone. Began with a B, but I forget. <laughs> what an ornate bed to lie in in death. Dimmed lights looked upon a glass coffin containing the clothing and golden death, golden death mask of the saint, reminiscent of, of an Egyptian mummy, but I believe his actual body was in the stone altar below. Once again, struck speechless by the beauty and ornateness of it all. Of course, as we left, there was a bookstore, which pissed off MK. 
Once outside, he expressed a desire to read the Bible so that he could better understand not only the stories depicted throughout the art, but how people can possibly exploit it so openly. After the Duomo, we sat for a time in a park, people watching. After a time, we decided to collect our bags, which were being held at the hostel, hit up a grocery store, and have a picnic in a park. Once getting the food to make, ch to make cheese and tomato sandwiches, orange juice, yogurt, and a box of wine, we collected our packs. We saw on the map that there was a park between the hostel and the train station, where we were going to catch the airport chef shuttle. So we headed there, and were quite disappointed to find that it was, it was more of a boulevard between highways than a park, but we sat there anyways. We ate our sandwiches and yogurt, drank our juice and wine, and played cards. At about 5 o'clock, we headed to the station central um, and caught the shuttle. While we were buying a ticket for the shuttle, we had a gentleman come up to us and ask us where to find a hostel. His name was Ian, and he was from Cardiff, Wales. MK gave him our map, since we don't need it anymore, and pointed out Hotel Eva, where we had stayed. Then we were off to the airport. Malpensa is pretty chill and slow, so check-in was a breeze, and we sat up and we sat for an hour and a half we sat for an hour and a half for our plane to arrive getting off in rome we took a train to the terminali main station luckily we saw a small map of the airport and i took a picture of the area of, of the terminali and the hostel we had booked the mona lisa hostel because when we got to the terminali everything was closed and there was no there was nowhere to get a map we found via palermo but the number 13 didn't seem to exist to exist. The numbers skipped from 12 to 20, and these were both government buildings. This is, I didn't even mention, like, getting to Rome, so we've just arrived in Rome, um, we got into a taxi, and, like, our taxi driver was definitely, or seemed to be, like, on coke or something. He was just, like, very manic and wild and at one point um like stopped the we were stopped at lights um and he got out of the taxi and went over and was like screaming at another driver next to us and like banging on that guy's car and just like going off i don't know what he was yelling i don't speak italian but like a, we're just sitting in this taxi being like, fuck, like, should we get out? Like, our bags are in the trunk. Are we, like, are we safe with this guy driving us? He was an intense man. Uh, okay, so here we are. We're back on Via Palermo. We're trying to find our hostel. We wandered up and down the street several times, reading names on buzzers and checking for number 13 again and again. We went a few streets over to the Apollo Hotel and asked the man at reception. He gave us a map and showed us where it should be, although we had already been there and then tried looking it up in his hotel registry, but no dice. We bought some internet time and looked it up. We found info about it, but on going back to Palermo, we still couldn't find it. Being about two in the morning at this point, we were both pretty tired and pissed that the hostel didn't exist. On our final shot of walking up the street, staring at numbers, I on one side and MK on the other, I noticed a group of three, three guys a little behind me who were stopping when I stopped. This made me a bit nervy, so I made to cross the street to MK's side. That's when one of the guys approached me and said, hello, and then his arms were out and reaching for me. My first reaction was that he was going to grab my boobs, <laughs> but he grabbed my purse, which I had over my head and hanging in front of me with my pack on my back. I held onto the top and pulled it back from him. And in a flash, MK was after him. Even with his pack on, he could have caught the bastard. 
But there were still the guy's two buddies to remember, so MK didn't, didn't go too far in his pursuit of the one who grabbed my bag, in fear that the other two would have come after me. They ran away, leaving MK and I full of adrenaline and pissed. Oh, it was such like a, yeah, such an awful experience. This dude, like, trying to pull my purse off of me and me, like, tugging on the other end, pulling it back out of his grip. And literally, like, they, they ran away and then stopped, like, half a block ahead of us and just, like, were laughing about it. Ugh. We decided that the search for the Mona Lisa hostel was a dead end. So we set off, so we set off ringing buzzer, buzzers of other hostels to find a place. The first place told us that they only had one room and that it was 80 euro cash. Fuck that. The next two or three told us that they had no vacancy. The last one we tried said that she had no rooms, but her neighbor might. She talked to him and he said that yes, he had something in the next building, Hotel Esposion. We followed him, and he led us to a room that already had two people sleeping in it. I felt so bad for barging in and waking them at, like, three in the morning. It was tough to fall asleep due to the mixture of itchiness and adrenaline. Um, but I eventually did, holding MK's hand. My hero. All right. At that, I will end this episode.